controversy surrounding California's Assembly Bill 2261 on facial recognition technology. How does it help? How does it hurt? Kirsten Eric from Law Street explains. I'm Lawrence Coletti, and this is Legal Talk Today. Hello, audience. Thank you for being here with us. We have a great topic to discuss, facial recognition technologies and our rights. Plus, we have a wonderful guest, Kirsten Eric from Law Street Joints. But before we get to that, I want to say thank you to our new and first sponsor for the show, NBI. And of course, that's short for the National Business Institute. Taught by experienced practitioners, NBI provides practical, skill-based CLE sources attorneys have trusted for more than 35 years. Discover what NBI has to offer at nbi-sems.com. That's nbi-meaning, the minus sign, sems.com. Thank you so much for being on board with us, especially during these economic times. All right, back to show. Welcome, Kirsten. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, Kirsten, you wrote this great article on Law Street about our topic today, and it was titled California to Consider Facial Recognition Bill. And of course, that's in reference to California Assembly Bill 2261 titled Facial Recognition Technology. And so just a brief history here. It was first introduced on May 4th and then later amended to its current form on May 12th. But as of June 3rd, it's now in committee held under submission. And what that basically means is that the bill is in limbo while people want to talk about it further or perhaps not. So I don't know what that means in terms of a future path. But with the recent implementation of the California Consumer Privacy Act, consumers have more say over this type of uh, personal data information. And that's why this bill is beginning to draw some attention. And so, Kirsten, let's use this as a starting off place. Uh, what are the key provisions of AB 2261? So the first provision is that it requires any agency using facial recognition technology to obtain consent from an individual except in certain circumstances before enrolling their image into a facial recognition service used in any physical premise open to the public. Uh, The second is that it requires any agency using facial recognition technology to ensure any decisions made on the basis of facial recognition technology are subject to meaningful human review and the technology and system must be tested for accuracy and unfair performance differences. So for example, bias. It also mandates that any local or state agency that uses or intends to use this technology must provide a publicly available accountability report every two years and to submit an accountability report to a yet to be named state agency. On or before January 1st, 2023, and biannually after that, the state auditor must conduct an independent audit and report of all state and local agencies using facial recognition technology to assess their compliance with the requirements set forth in the bill. And lastly, the Department of Justice is required to bring injunctive action against anyone that violates the bill's requirements. So civil penalties are 2,500 for each violation and 7,500 for intentional violations. Yeah, I, I read the bill from end to end twice there, Kirsten, and it took me till that second pass to really understand the nuance of it. And so, you know, 
I'm going to try to keep the politics part of uh, a part of this out of discussion, but you know, I broke down some pros and cons, and so you know, from some of my research, I definitely see where some folks are are getting to. You know, I think the bill does set a path for a useful tool for consumers, meaning facial recognition. You know, for law enforcement or the government or just private companies, I definitely see that it definitely uh, kind of carves out uh, ways to do that against the CCPA. But it also addresses, and I think this goes in a pro column, uh, it anticipates and addresses abuse uh, by actors uh, using this technology and sort of creates accountability, especially for agencies. One thing that wasn't so clear to me was the private use accountability. It seems like it was more or less focused on the government use of it. So let me get to the cons. So this is what I noticed right away. So I think the writing needs to be tightened up a little bit. So I recognize it is difficult to, when you're making compromises and trying to encapsulate complex terminology to tighten up your language. But I think this bill could use a few passes at that to give it more meaning. I felt that sometimes the meaning of the bill was lost in some of the technical speak there. And then um, the other thing I noticed too is that I don't anticipate the cost of governance in California going down. It seemed to allude to that they were going to have an agency pick up this enforcement or they're going to have to start a new agency. And lastly, I think any agency, government agency that's using this is going to have to check in a whole lot. Now that's part of the accountability part, but you know when you're trying to govern, uh, you know that's definitely a lot of energy spent in creating reports and things like that. So, you know, Kirsten, you did the research on, you got to see a lot of different people make comments on it. What were some of the, uh, for the proponents of the bill, what did they like about it? Yes, well, supporters generally believe that there needs to be regulation in both the public and private sector. And you touched upon that. It more so focuses on the public sector. You know, and instead of having some municipalities completely banning it for public and government entities while letting private companies kind of use it in a laissez-faire manner and other municipalities not regulating this technology at all. So proponents think that there needs to be regulation uniformity for facial recognition technology. And they also kind of argue that it's being used in everyday life, you know, but it's not being regulated. So that could allow it to be abused. And, you know, one example of that potential abuse is with Clearview AI, you know, who created a facial recognition database of 3 billion photos scraped from online platforms. So, you know, they're definitely, they definitely feel that there is a need to regulate it in both the public and private sector. Yeah, and I think it's pretty important because, you know, I know that uh, law enforcement tends to try to subpoena records from, you know, cell phone companies and and whatnot. And so if a private actor there, a private company is not, you know, bound by the same requirements under the bill, it's possible that law enforcement gets the advantage of getting that information if if they can subpoena it. So how about the opponents, though? How, where, where were they at weighing in against the bill? Right. So the ACLU is a big opponent of it, and they kind of feel that it can legitimize the widespread use of this technology and it undercuts widespread bans of this technology. So three different California municipalities, such as San Francisco, Oakland, and Berkeley have outright banned this. And they're uh, afraid that it could lead to the further expansion of this technology if it goes unchecked. So opposers also don't like this bill because they feel it provides inadequate restrictions on companies and the government to deploy it because it's self-regulated that they don't feel that they're held accountable. 
Kirsten, I read that uh, the ACLU, one of the areas that they didn't like about it, and this is a quote from them, so they feel that this bill would create, here's the quote, a legal framework for efforts to deny Californians access to essential needs and services, including health care, housing, and employment based on a scan of their face. And so you know, I didn't see anything in the bill related to that. What, what are they talking about? Yeah, so the Washington Post reported that companies such as Hilton and Unilever are using this facial recognition technology to make hiring decisions. So they're using the system to grade your facial movements and give you a quote-unquote employability score, which could determine if you get the job or not. And then the Wall Street Journal reported that banks are using this to see if you qualify for a loan. So looking at facial scans for qualities such as honesty and trustworthiness in your facial features, while health insurance providers are using this technology to determine how much you pay for your health insurance. So um, by charging, for example, someone a little overweight, a higher premium than someone else. Okay, you know, I understand, uh, you know, facial recognition and law enforcement in California, some activities or at least a beta program um, existed before the CCPA and also this assembly bill. And so uh, in recent years, uh, San Diego was experimenting with using facial recognition in law enforcement. Now, I understand there was some use of some pictures of the members of the California legislature to test the operating status of this facial recognition program. What were the results? of that. Right. So going back in 2012, the San Diego Area Police Department enacted this facial recognition program and it lasted for seven years. And in 2019, the ACLU experimented with Amazon's recognition software and screened 120 lawmakers against the 25,000 mugshots in the database. And it misidentified 26 lawmakers, which is about 20% of the individual's And more than half of those misidentified were people of color. Phil Ting, who proposed AB 1215, was one of the lawmakers misidentified. And he used it to kind of really propel that legislation, which banned the use of facial recognition technology on police cameras, which Governor Newsom signed. So San Diego is currently part of that three-year moratorium prohibiting it. Um, it went into effect in January. Well, Kirsten, if you were a betting woman, what do you predict? Do you think eventually this bill will become law in the state of California? I do. I think it will get passed. If you look at other states, Illinois has its Biometric Information Privacy Act, which has been used in large numbers of lawsuits, and it provides a lot of protection to Illinois residents. And it seems like California is moving in that direction, especially since this assembly bill amends CCPA, which was enacted in January. And it kind of builds upon the idea of municipalities in California kind of taking it on their own terms to regulate this technology. But this technology isn't going away. So it's up to legislation to you know, determine what is legal. And it seems that the bill moves California in this direction. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Kirsten. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate us in your favorite podcasting app. Also, we'll cite our sources for this episode on our website, LegalTalkNetwork.com, including our guest, Kirsten Eric's bio. Once again, thank you to our sponsor, NBI, the National Business Institute, for their support. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Have a great day, everybody. 